Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I dive into a specific topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. It's the last episode of February, which means it's time for some reflections. And I'm bringing some full, raw transparency today. I've been considering dropping out of my master's program, which if you can relate to being a type A perfectionist, you'll understand has not been an easy decision to make. I'm not fully decided yet, though it has been on my mind tremendously. And so I'm going to take this episode to walk you through how I have dealt with the uncertainty, what tools and strategies I use to get more clear on which decision is best for me right now, and to normalize the fact that it's okay to not be 100% sure what's quote-unquote right in the first place. This episode is dedicated to all of my fellow RDs who feel like they're at a crossroads, who feel unsure of what direction to take, and who feel completely lost. Hopefully, my honest journey can help clarify yours. Phew, it has been quite a month. I've been doing a lot of thinking behind the scenes, a lot of self-reflection. A year ago, I made the decision to enroll in a master's program for clinical mental health counseling. Today, I am sitting here very seriously considering changing my mind and dropping out. I have been wrestling with this quite a bit, and it only feels right for me to walk you through the process. First, let's go back to a year ago. I didn't make the decision to go back to school lightly. I'm over 30. I'm getting married in a few months. We want to start a family. And becoming a therapist, it's expensive. It takes a lot of time. Mental health counseling programs are three years long, and when you graduate, you still have to work for several years after that as an associate counselor under the supervision of someone else before you can get licensed to practice independently. I was signing up for a six to nine year process, and at this stage of my life, that's not easy. I thought about it a lot. I spent many therapy sessions discussing it. Justin and I had tons of conversations about it, how it impact my free time, our relationship, our finances, our future family, everything. I looked around at my options and I asked myself some really hard questions. Questions like, am I doing this because I want to and it is genuinely necessary to be able to do the kind of work I want to be able to do? Or am I doing this because of lingering imposter sentiments that are making me feel compelled to get external validation to do work I'm already qualified to do or could become qualified to do with lesser, smaller trainings and certificates. I really did not rush into this. And after all of that reflecting and discussing and researching, I truly believed that becoming a mental health counselor was both what I wanted and what I needed. I chose the most reasonably priced school to make a smarter financial investment. Some of these programs were over $100,000. And as tempting as those programs sounded, 
They were shiny and appealing and tempting. I knew that I didn't want to graduate in my mid-30s with that kind of debt. And then I started. So how did I get to this place now doubting my decision? You might assume that it's because I've had some terrible experience. And that actually could not be farther from the truth. I love what I'm learning. The courses I'm taking have already made me a better dietitian, a better supervisor for dietitians, and a better human. They have opened my eyes up to what our field of dietetics could be. They have taught me new counseling skills, and while I am far from an expert in them after only a handful of classes, my relationships personally and professionally are benefiting which is why this decision has been so difficult for me. If I were unhappy with the classes or dissatisfied by the experience, I wouldn't feel so torn. It started with concerns about the supervised practice hours, that three to six year period of my life where after graduation, I would have to work under a licensed therapist accruing hours and experience. This would be in two years from now. Ideally, I'd be a new mom at that point. And in those two years, I hope that my business will have grown considerably, right? That presents two issues. First, once I'm a mom, will my goals change? Will my priorities shift? Will I want to be juggling a business, part-time work accruing my therapy hours and a family? Will I even be able to? If the answer is no, what will that do to my business? Will I want to scale it back to make time for these extra hours? By the time I've actually jumped through these hoops for six to nine years, will my business actually benefit or will it have evolved in that time to something else entirely that doesn't need this extra training? I can't predict the future and neither can you. But I started to wonder. I started to feel nervous that this path wasn't going to lead where I initially imagined it leading. And then a new realization dawned on me. I'm working really hard right now. And I'm I'm used to that. All my life, I've juggled multiple demands. I worked while going to school part-time or freelancing part-time or now pursuing my master's part-time. I don't have hobbies right now, especially since 2020 was particularly demanding with the business and my former job and school. I had to make sacrifices to make it work. And I did it because I knew it was temporary. I knew I was leaving my former job and that that would help. But I I don't think I quite recognized how demanding it would continue to be even after I left my full-time job. So now I have a choice. I can either do what I've been doing the past few months since leaving my other job in December, which is to not work more than eight hours most days and have my schoolwork take up part of my work hours. Or I can pull eight hour days in my business and then work another two to three hours a day on school on top of it. I've been doing the former, which has respected my time and it's helped me avoid burnout, but it means that my business 
isn't growing the way that I know it could. My business is basically treading water. That's better than sinking, and, and it is growing slowly. It isn't exactly treading water. For example, my new group supervision mastermind started last week, but in so many ways, I'm limited. But then if I do the former, if I, if I put the hours into my business and work after hours on school, then what time do I have for me? How is that any different from the hustle and grind that was beating me down last year? And to be perfectly honest, most of my life. And if I keep this up, if I stay in school, I'm going to be in school right up until I become a mom. Fingers crossed anyway, of course. And when I, fingers crossed, knock on wood, become mom, you know my life is no longer going to be fully my own. I'm excited for it and I want it. And at the same time, I'm hesitant to create a reality for myself in which I essentially let go of the last little bit of time I have with me as a person without kids and of me and Justin as a couple without kids. I'm going to be hustling and working right up until I'm handed the new part-time job of parenting. That's a sacrifice that has to be worth it to commit to. It's not that it's a wrong sacrifice. It's that it has to be worth it, right? And I've been starting to call that into question. Justin and I are taking on debt. I am agreeing to a slower business growth. And I am taking up 15 to 20 hours of precious time every week for studying. School isn't hard, but it is a lot of work. And I'll do it. And Justin will support me if that's truly the right decision for me. But if it's not, well, the fact that I'm even thinking about all of this is a sign that I need to do a little soul searching. And the same is true for you. If you're feeling that self-doubt, it's time to figure out if you need a gut check, if that's really something to pay attention to. Justin and I spoke about it, and we agreed that I needed to figure some things out on my own first. He wasn't going to weigh in until I was more clear. I knew that he would support me either way. I also knew that I had to be the one to make this decision. See, I'm really susceptible to being swayed by the opinions of others. It sounds funny because I'm pretty strong in my opinions. I'm pretty confident, but... I do often get influenced. And so I've learned about myself that I needed to focus on what I wanted first before I started entertaining other opinions. So when I sat down to think about this, the question that I had to ask myself was not, should I be in school? The question that I had to ask myself was, what do I want out of my life? If you are in a situation like mine, when you're at a crossroads and you don't know if where you're going is right for you, the question that you need to ask yourself is not which path should I take? The question is, where do I ultimately want to wind up? You can figure out how to get there later, 
but you can't make the best choice for you if you don't know where you're going in the first place. So I did what I tell my clients to do all the time. I sat down and I did some work on my values. It was clear that this all boiled down to a shift that I was experiencing. I was either diverging from my values or my values themselves were evolving and maybe shifting in priority. And that was where the conflict was originating. The fact that I couldn't easily turn inwards and check in with my values, do that gut check to give me a quick answer to this dilemma meant the values themselves may be the root of the issue. If you listen to episode 30 of the podcast with Laura Jean, you'll hear us talking a lot about values, why they're important, how to get back in touch with them. And so the first exercise that I did and that I do with my dietitian clients is called a passion test. I sat down one day about a week or two ago when the house was quiet and I didn't have work hanging over my head. And I wrote down different characteristics of my most ideal life. I thought about the phrase, in my most ideal life, I am dot, dot, dot. And I filled in the blank, came up with a big list. When I had a nice big list, I went through the exercise I do with my clients to whittle it down into my top five. The top five that I came up with were, in my most ideal life, I am happy and present. I am authentic and confident. I am raising a family. I am carving out time for creativity. And I am advocating for what I believe in. There's a second part to this exercise, but before I did that, I opened up another document, a list of values. It's a big brain dump of words. And I went through each column and pulled out the ones that spoke to me. When I had my list, I moved them around into clusters. No judgment, no getting overly analytical. I simply took a look at which words felt like they belonged to one another, to me. And then I looked at those clusters and identified what their common thread was. I identified four general themes. Number one, how I want to show up for the world. Worlds in, words in this category were authenticity, courage, humility, integrity, and vulnerability. I also had a cluster of how I show up for myself. These were words like creativity, freedom, self-respect, and learning. The third cluster was words that remind me that I serve a bigger purpose than myself. Community, family, future generations, making a difference. And lastly, the biggest list with the most words in it. What grounds me and makes me whole? Words like balance and compassion, home, joy, peace, nature, wholeheartedness, and time. Time. I kept coming back to it. But first, before we dig into that word a little bit more, let's go back to my first list from my passion test. The next step is to ask yourself to what extent you're living in alignment with each of your five passions, each priority. If we look at my list, I'm actually doing very little of it right now. 
happy and present, certainly more than last year. And I am happy, but no, I'm working all the time. I am a slave to my to-do list. Yes, I have boundaries and I enforce them well. Like I said, I'm not working longer than eight hour days. Most of the time, I still have my Friday night me nights. I have boundaries for when I do work and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, I have a lot on my plate and my ability to be fully present in my life is compromised. After I did this activity and felt more clear within myself, I was talking to my mom about it and I told her, all my life I've been chasing goals and ambitions. And I don't want to get to the end of my life or even halfway through it and realize that in all of those achievements, I never took the time to actually live. Now, how about being authentic and confident? Am I living that one out? I'm certainly more confident than I used to be. But authentic? To that, I have to refer to my list of values that I compiled. And I have to say no. Authentic me is slow-paced, out in nature, connected to myself and the earth, making time for causes I believe in. And I've gotten better at this, certainly. But I can't show up authentically. I can barely show up at all when I'm juggling so much. I certainly am not in a place where I'm ready to start adding, starting a family to the mix. And I'm certainly not in a place where my creative brain can thrive. I haven't written a poem in over two years. And I used to want to go to school for creative writing. I'm not drawing or writing or playing the piano or tapping into my intuition the way I crave. Because I spend so much time analyzing and thinking and studying and learning, I don't get to be. And am I advocating for what I believe in? Yes, I am. A little. We can always do more, better. Um, I'm not concerned with being the perfect advocate. And in some ways, I believe my master's education is helping me advocate better. But Advocating for what I believe in is also number five on my list, not number one or two. And it's currently the one I'm most in alignment with. And it's at the expense of the others, which are even more important to me. That's something to think about. Where are your priorities? Are they where you want them to be? Are you being intentional with them or are you selecting your priorities based on unconscious old habits or other people's beliefs. There's no shame or judgment in the answers that you find, only curiosity and awareness. So I had these lists and I felt this deeper connection to who I am and what's important to me. How do I use this information to decide where I want to go moving forward? Because again, the sacrifices now of being in school may be worth it if they help me ultimately become more aligned with my values in the future long term. So I sat with them and I thought not about the values as words, but as what they mean to me. What do they represent? What does a life aligned with them actually look like? I visualized this 
fictitious future life of mine. And I see myself living on this big plot of land in the woods with a small family. I'm spending time with my kids. I'm outside often with two dogs, big dogs. I make time for myself creatively, both with my kids and alone. I'm happy. I'm at peace. I work a little, not full time. I don't feel the need and am privileged to not have the obligation to be the breadwinner of the household. We aren't rich, but we're comfortable. I devote my work to making our profession stronger, more inclusive, more welcoming, rooted in values and committed to fostering confidence, professional identity development, and empowerment of its members. And I am always working to disrupt the patriarchy. <laughs> always. Now pause. Where in that narrative am I a therapist? The answer is nowhere. I came to the very raw, honest realization that, yes, I love what I do. I'm passionate about improving our field and empowering those who work in this space. I will always be driven and want to create systemic change. That's part of who I am. Part of who I am. And maybe not the biggest part. Being true to myself, being present for my family, these are all bigger parts of me. And I don't have to be ashamed because I'm a feminist who may actually want to be mostly a stay-at-home mom or who doesn't really care if her business does or doesn't hit six or seven figures. My work ethic has defined my identity for my entire life and it took 31 and a half years for me to recognize that it isn't something I actually value. It isn't part of what I want the next 31 and a half years of my life to include, or more. And so, here we are. I haven't fully made up my mind. Now that I'm pretty clear on what I want and what's important to me, I can welcome other voices. I spoke to my mom, I spoke to Justin, plan to reach out to my therapist, who I haven't been seeing recently, but she was part of my decision to return to school, so... Talking it out with her is not a, a terrible idea. I'll reach out to my program itself and learn the consequences of leaving. If I leave and then in a few years decide to return, do I start from scratch? Can I pick up where I left off? In other words, what are my options? I also don't have to decide today. I have a few more weeks left in this quarter and a three-week break before the next begins. And guess what? If I'm not sure... I can take that quarter off, or I can take the next quarter and see how that feels. I have options. So do you. And I'm not quitting. I had to reconcile that. I have been taught all my life not to quit, and I'm not. I'm finishing up the quarter, at the very least. And if I do decide to leave, I'm not walking away from school. I'm walking toward my life, a family, my creativity, my time. Time is everything to me. If I say no to school, it's to say yes to time. Time with Justin, time with my business, myself, my future kids. Time. And no, I didn't waste time this past year being in a program I may ultimately leave. This past year wasn't a waste of time or money. I have no regrets. I learned 
so much. I'm so grateful for all of the experiences and all that this has allowed me to learn about myself. A few days after I went through this whole big reflection of my values and visions and passions, I got my horoscope in my inbox. You know I love my horoscopes. And I want to read it to you. It read, Few things are as sweet as seeing our partners succeed. As Venus in Pisces brings blessings to your loved ones and committed partnerships, your unions also become a place of great benefit for you. More than a trickle-down effect, you are in direct line to receive the overflow. In preparation, be on the lookout for the habits and beliefs that might have you blocking such bounty. The myth that you need to do everything yourself needs to be interrupted. The notion that no one can do the job as well as you can is not your friend. Systems that set you up as the sole source or authority will always end in depletion. You aren't meant to do life on your own. Let your loves, partners, and collaborators support you. This moon will help you to heal the critical parts of you that think you aren't made perfectly and precisely right for your life. You are exactly as you need to be. Let this moon reorient you towards a deep appreciation of what is, rather than focusing on what isn't. And isn't that what this has all been about? I don't need to be the sole provider or breadwinner for my family. I don't need to be chasing more titles and credentials. I am enough right now. And I can appreciate all that I am rather than running after external validation to fill the void of what I am not. I am enough. You are enough. Take time to know yourself. Give yourself permission to not need to come to a decision today. Sit with it. But ultimately, tune out the voices of the outside world and come back home to yourself. You are your own compass. Trust it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you enjoy these episodes, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with your dietitian friends and if you listen on Apple Music, leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach more dietitians so that we can really create a collective of dietitians who feel confident and connected both to their work and each other. You are not alone. And as always, if you're looking for that extra level of support, check out my Empowering Dietitians Supervision Services at www.empoweringdietitians.com slash supervision. Thank you.